Welcome to the Yes You Can podcast, a soft place to land for fit pros and aspiring entrepreneurs looking for a motivational cheerleader who's been through it all and believes your best life is about being brave and tapping into your magic. Hi, I'm Hannah Pratt, an online coach and vulnerability queen. I'm here ready to share my experiences through grief, life, and finding my place on the podium to help you level up. So grab a latte and a notebook and get ready to be inspired through the Yes You Can podcast. Hey, hey, friends. I'm so excited to have you here for the first episode that I am recording in January of 2023, which is absolutely wild. I have a lot of plans for this podcast, and I actually just quietly celebrated and, to be honest, for completely forgot that the Yes You Can podcast hit three years. Now, it's been a journey of recording episodes kind of here and there, but this year I am making the promise to myself and to you to be way more consistent with these episodes, way more consistent with bringing in other humans who can share their experiences, especially in the fitness space and entrepreneurial space, but just conversations I'm excited to have with other people who can share what they know to help you as I say in the podcast intro, level up. Now I'm going to be doing some exciting things like a bit of a rebrand and even recording maybe some new trailers and definitely doing a new photo shoot. So thank you for sticking with me as all of these things are going to be transpiring and the growth over the podcast over the last three years, because I truthfully had no idea what this was going to be. And now that I am 70% into my full-time entrepreneurial journey, it's become an actual thing that was at one point just a side passion project to especially talk about mental health. And we've really morphed into so much more than that as I have created my courses and started my coaching program and kind of left the corporate world, which is absolutely wild. So on that, I am about to open doors for Instructor Magic around seven. Now, at some point, I'll probably stop calling it around because like we're it's sort of like bachelor season 23 like at one point you just sort of stop like keeping track of all these things but as we're about to open doors and welcome in new people I have such a sense of energy about this cohort about the people who have been joining the waitlist and hitting reply as soon as they get an email from me saying boom you're on the waitlist let me know what you're excited what area you're most excited about leveling up in and they're telling me their struggles in motivating effectively, communicating and coaching, cueing, understanding how to bring in new choreography, how to lead a room, and especially in the areas that I haven't even spoken about publicly that are in instructor magic, like becoming the lead instructor in your studio. How do you become a leader within a group of people that you might've even started training with? How do you start to lead others and identify talent and develop training programs? How do you mentor others? And that's something I've sort of taken for granted as being inherent to what I do and my approach to teaching because of my corporate background and being a leader and even at Wheelhouse being in a director position and leading some of our training with the groups, I just really take that for granted. And so watch because there's gonna be new trainings, especially on aspiring to become a lead instructor at your studio, how to ascend into leadership positions and how to become a full-time fit pro which I am so excited about because I fully believe that this conversation is going to inspire a lot of you. I have Anna Claussen here. And just before I get into that, so if you are interested in joining Instructor Magic, get on the wait list. The, the link is in the show notes. We're going to be talking about a lot of spin stuff in this episode and wellness stuff. 
And the only way to get better and to go after your dreams is to invest. And that doesn't mean just instructor magic. That could be anything. Anna is actually a client of mine and together we launched or she launched with my help and my coaching her program that she's going to be talking about today in in this episode called Luminous, the Huga Lifestyle Reset Program. Anna talks about the importance of investing and I believe that that's so true. There's going to be a point where you just don't know what you don't know. And so if this if Instructor Magic has spoken to you, if even launching a program or an online offer has been on your mind, I also have the program called Total Launch Formula, which you can add yourself to the waitlist for as well in the show notes. But Instructor Magic is definitely the focus for me in February as I'm not launching or opening doors to TLF again until April. And Anna was in TLF. Now let's get into this episode because it is so juicy. We talk about boundaries. We talk about how to be brave. We talk about how to have hard conversations with others. We talk about the pain that happens when you need to maybe cut people out or leave certain people behind in your life as a result of making room for better things. And Anna's sales page, her program page, talks about dreaming of building a joy-filled life where you feel in control without feeling guilty or judged for putting yourself first. That is literally the headline for her program and what she coaches others to do. And she is so great at it. It is unreal. So Anna is a Huga lifestyle enthusiast. She's a spin instructor at Wheelhouse Cycle Club. She also leads off the bike workouts and is a certified personal trainer. She's a coach. She's an entrepreneur and a wildly curious human. She talks about her story really vulnerably in this episode. And I wanted to thank her right off the top for sharing, especially her experiences with her family. And if you have followed her on Instagram, her handle is at K-L-A-S-S-A. She's shared things like growing up with a parent who is mentally ill and having really challenging relationships that for a long time kind of held her down or attempted to. And she also talks about her bravery and some of this really strong intuition in leading her out of that. And so some of the conversations are going to be, you know, might be triggering for some. And so as always, especially as we're around Bellet's Talk Day in here in Canada, please make sure that you have support. Please make sure that you reach out to somebody if you were having challenges with your family or with your mental health or anything. There are so many free resources out there. There are so many crisis lines and free therapy that you can access. And I just want to send love to anybody who might be struggling. So today, Anna can say in her bio that she has proudly ditched the title of people pleaser. She is married and has one of the most beautiful relationships I've ever seen and has created a life that gives her flexibility, freedom, and energy. She talks about going all in. And if you know Anna, you know that that is exactly what she does. And her energy is absolutely wild in everything. She is a motivator in every sense of the word and somebody who I would call magnetic. Without further ado, Anna, welcome to the Yes You Can podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Yeah, very excited to be here. (laughs) Amazing. Okay, so I just introed you for everybody who's listening right now. But I love starting with like the origin story of somebody and we'll talk about how we know each other. And I did this with Piper too, where I was like, we'll talk about how we know each other. And then we actually never spoke about it. So just off that, like right, like right away up top, Anna and I are both motivators at Wheelhouse Cycle Club. Uh, She leads off the bike workouts as well on the platform, but we've known each other for years. 
And Anna is one of the inspirations for me getting into spin and was one of the first people who said, yes, you can to me when I talked about wanting to make my way up to the podium. And so I thought maybe we'd start with your origin story into like getting into the fitness wellness space and what it is that you do now outside of teaching at wheelhouse. Okay. So when I first, so working out or anything like that wasn't part of my routine growing up at all. There'd be like the really? odd sprinkle of a gym with a friend, but it was never something that I did. I did Ukrainian dancing growing up, like, in the, like for 10 <laughs> years, but I started going, I remember hearing about this gym called yoga public okay. um, downtown. And so I started university, I was 23 and I like did the bold move that year where I was very afraid to go to university. And I was like, I'm doing it. I, I applied in August and I went in September and then I got a gym membership there and it just be, I just became hooked. I found that thing that was as close to the gym. I started with TRX. They had a Peloton bike there. Mm -hmm. And then it just all started happening. I, I started doing rides on there and was just completely, completely taken in by the whole environment. I loved doing classes. I started waking up earlier and it was just something that I did very often. Mm -hmm. um, so it's been like a very regular routine in my life now. So if that was 23, yeah, 11 years, it's just been a, a constant in my life. Started off slow, but it just, it really helped in so many different ways. I had no idea that you didn't have like a fitness background. For some reason, I pictured you being like, varsity like something exactly. or other like so bad at sports like my husband like on our first day like where when he first met me he's like oh well the shoe clearly like was like has a sports background of something so yeah. he's like they want to go shoot hoops I'm like sure <laughs> nope no very bad he was like what was like I, yeah no sports nothing like nothing like that growing up but now it's very different. So it, you could change <laughs> I love that I didn't know that and I also love that you said yes to doing something that you were nervous to do on your first date with him, because like often we choose things that we're super comfortable with. Right. We want to like lean into like, oh. we're, we're the expert and you're like, sure, let's go shoot hoops. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Somebody's like, let's go skating. I'm like, absolutely not. I want to go skating on our first date. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. Okay. So you, you were, I, I know you go public and it was a great gym and they spin was like, not boutique spin was not in Winnipeg at that. Not time. at all. And I feel like you were at one of the first studios or you were like, at least very, you were very early on in being an instructor, inspirator, whatever you were called. Yeah. Yeah. So like the whole transition from that was at Yoga Public, everyone just knew myself and our friend Ivy. Mm -hmm. They're like, we just love Peloton. And I remember one of the instructors there telling me, hey, like, do you know that there's a boutique? Like this rhythm spin is coming to Winnipeg. I was like, oh my God, could you imagine? That would be the coolest thing ever. And I, nothing beyond that. And then somebody's like, you should go meet them. I was like, oh, sure. I'll, I'll go meet them. And then I met them the next week and then it just happened. And I, it was like something that I always like watching, you know, Jess King and Robin. Mm -hmm. I was like, wouldn't that the sickest job? This is so fun. And then I just began doing it. And I was the first rhythm ride in Winnipeg that because we opened on a Saturday I think it was like October 14th or 16th and it was like 9 a.m the first one and it was just the coolest thing that's wild did you have a background in music because I know you're super I know your music style I it's for everybody listening who doesn't know about it uh it's absolutely like her energy is 
outstanding and the music goes along with that. And I feel like, like I was DJing, that was my background around that same time ish, or I was just getting out of it. And so teaching has always felt like an extension of that, but did you have a musical background or like your performing background? Like how did that sort of like come together for you on the podium? Honestly, I feel like, so I don't have a musical background at all. It was beyond the kazaa searches and, you know, like enjoying listening to music. Like I grew up in a household that listened to music, like music was always on. So I guess like maybe mm. there's like that influence of like, I understood that music was emotion. And so like, mm. I have something there, but nothing, nothing beyond like just listening to music and mm-hmm. enjoying it really. Mm-hmm. But you were always pretty confident. And like, I know that some of your, at least you appeared confident, like for sure. And I feel like that's part of the reason people are so attracted to your energy. Number one, it's great energy. Number two, you embody this confidence. And I don't think a lot of people know that you actually like did acting before. Mm -hmm. And so So like, yeah, like it all kind of feeds into one another. The acting thing really kind of came. It was one of those things too, that just kind of showed up like Jennifer Lopez, uh, I think it was called shall we dance, like came to yes, Winnipeg when yeah. I was 13. And that whole summer I like found myself like the, the choreographer was at my Ukrainian dancing, like practice one night because they were using the space and he saw me. And then I got brought to this audition with thousands of people and made it through. And then it was just like, I was in the acting community for pretty solid my from 13 till 19. So like six mm-hmm. years how I made most of my money. And I just like really enjoyed it. And it was really good for me because I was so, so not confident and very nervous and like all of those things. But I feel like there's like the two, two people of me, like spin has always like been like the true representation of who I am. And like, I feel Mm -hmm. like I am that confident person, but the things in my life that made me quiet, like I started to really un plug those things like mm-hmm. through acting so it gave me a little bit more confidence to be like well I've done scary stuff like I've been yeah. on set I had to do these things like it's okay <laughs> that's so cool I I uh I can see how that would give you the confidence to try new scary things and that that comment that you made about like the version of you on the podium is is representative of who you really are. And I feel the same way too, because day to day you have to, I always say this, but you have to censor yourself and you have to be like, play small and not be so crazy and not be so loud and like not rap too explicitly lyrics and it's just not socially acceptable. But I do think that some of that comes also from what we think is socially acceptable and what we think is um, appropriate, I guess. And I'm doing using quotation marks. And so you made reference to your childhood and and like how you grew up. How did that influence like your, how you were before to coming into this newer confident version of you? Well, I feel so the, 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 the way I grew up was very, um, just a very oppressed childhood. Like at the beginning of times, like the first memories of how you act in the world is children are to be seen, not heard. Like Mm. that was essentially my childhood. There is mental illness with one of my uh, parents. Um, I'm not close with the other. And there's a lot of narcissism there as well. Mm -hmm. So it was a very challenging. I grew up very quick. Mm -hmm. I, there was no room for fun. I'd probably say that like, it was very emotional my entire life. I grew up very quickly. I had to become an, an adult and take things seriously and not be afraid. And, but 
the weird thing about how I grew up is that I really feel like I almost don't even understand how I am this way. There's been like this inner knowing that I just didn't belong in that world and Mm -hmm. that I knew that that's not how life was. Mm-hmm. And it almost has like this counterintuitive effect where like, I didn't really look at adults as authority figures. Mm. It was like, I can take care of myself. Like, <laughs> I don't really know if you guys know what you're doing over there, you know? So I just feel like I grew up very oppressed and I've had to battle a lot of that. But I also have like this really strong strength or like this strength inside me that really helps keep moving me forward mm-hmm. and just kind of blind like no keep going like even though it seems like we're not too sure what's going on just keep going forward to get out Mm -hmm. and so I think that that when I when I entered into especially like spin it it became a world where my entire other world like my friends my family nobody was there Mm -hmm. so I got to have this space where I was seen as a leader and no one could tell me I was being too much Nobody can, you know, con- like come at me, comments or say anything. It was just this place where I got to blossom and it's really just helped like yeah. everything. Yeah. It just That's so keep- cool. Yeah. It's I- pretty wild. It is wild. And I think it's like one of those things where, so thank you for sharing all that. And I know you've shared it um, publicly too about your I, I don't, I metamorphosis, like growth, evolution, whatever the word is from uh, like, I don't want to say cutting ties, but maybe shaking off some of these, these expectations of parameters and, and family ties that were toxic and not supporting you. Um, like all of that is some is really commendable because a lot of people don't ever get out of those situations. And so that inner knowing and that intuition that you learn to trust um, is amazing. And I also think the fact that you had a space where you could be yourself, be confident, be a leader and really like fully lean into all those parts of you that maybe weren't supported or celebrated is, is massive. And I think it's a, it's a major takeaway for anybody listening to this conversation is like, find a place where you are celebrated a hundred percent and nobody's asking you to play small and see what version of you shows up in that place. Mm-hmm. Like that can be until you try, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have to keep involving in new experiences. Like you have to see, I I think I'm very inspired by other people's stories and what other people are doing. I really, uh, if I see someone and I really like can look in their life, I'm like, whoa, like, how are you doing this? What do you do? Like, I'm very interested. So I've always been that way. I just like, I'm like, well, what's my thing? Like Mm -hmm. what, what else is out there? There's gotta be more, you know? Yeah. And so you were teaching spin, um, at the time, I think you were, you were finishing up school, right? Like university or you were mm-hmm. in Yeah. Um, and then I know that you yeah. kind of went into the corporate world and you're not oh, in the corporate God. world anymore. Can you talk a little oh. bit about, about that, that whole decision, <laughs> like that coming, that, that knowing as well? Yeah. That knowing. So <clears throat> growing up, I was, um, and well, it's only been in the last few years, I can really say that I make my own decisions very confidently. Mm-hmm. I feel like before when I made my decisions, I was acting out. Mm. And it's because a lot of people had a lot to say of what I did. And even when I went to school, I wanted to get into um, psychology. I wanted to be a therapist. I wanted to 
work in that kind of capacity, but it was like, that's silly. No way. That's a lot of school. Don't do it. So I got my business degree. And I, while I think that when I was in school, I truly felt at some point, like my soul is dying. I do not want to do this. Um, it's like you get physical response of no, mm-hmm. but I'm really happy that I did it because I think it was really important to teach myself that I'm smart. I always thought that I wasn't a good student because I just wasn't, but it wasn't because I couldn't do it. I just didn't apply myself. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so when I finished school, I very much knew I didn't want to do that, but it was that whole catch of, well, I got to try, like, you know, like, let's just see. And so my first job out of school, um, it paid really well, sure, but it was really horrific. It was a very, very intense, negative, negative place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really high up in that field and it just felt terrible. And I was like, okay, nope. So I got out of there and I was like, I got to try one more time. So I went to another company and it was, it was great. Um, it was a really unique experience. I ended up be- becoming involved with the, I was in a, a tech corporate company, which doesn't make sense for me, but it's still cool. And so I, my team was actually in Japan. So I had like a Winnipeg, Canada based North America team, but I was mainly part of a Japanese team, which was wow. really, it was, yeah. it was really interesting. Um, it really forced me to, you know, just explore different boundaries, but but definitely in that. And then especially obviously over the last couple of years when everything shut down and it really felt like, uh, I feel like there's this moment where everyone ha- had this feeling of we are, we can stop this and reverse and, and start again. And mm-hmm. I just took that jump. I asked for a layoff and I said, I, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and so I set myself up. I knew I wanted to be in the fitness wellness industry and I just did what I could to just soften that transition. I got my personal training. I started teaching at Orange Theory Fitness and slowly just kept making my way further into more fitness and now into the wellness, which is like this really nice married area. It makes total sense, like where you're working mm-hmm. in, like industry you're working in now, the space you're working in. And it's so funny when you're like, I wish I could have just like told myself this is where you're meant to be. But learning what you don't, what's not meant for you and the spaces that don't work and make you give you that big, no, that whole body, like my soul is dying here. I almost, you need to experience that to a degree to understand like where it is that you should be, because I feel like Mm -hmm. we don't trust our intuition naturally and we go along with what people think we should do. And so for me, I've told my story about working in similar, you know, going to university, like working at a university, big titles, big titles, and being like, I hate why does everybody else feel this shitty every day? <laughs> I'm like, but I have a pension. Mm-hmm. And it's like that trade-off is not worth it to me personally. And so I completely identify with your story. And so you're you teach at Wheelhouse, um, you do the off-the-bike workouts at Wheelhouse mm-hmm. on on the platform. And now the wellness aspect, let's talk about Huga and like that how that's played into your story and also how, what you do now in terms of helping others. You're already it's smiling. Totally- I love this. You're already smiling so big just wow. talking about it. I know. Like, it is such a nice, like when I can like actually just be sitting here now like reflecting on all that work. It is a really nice transition. So Huga got, uh, I was introduced to Huga, I think around like five or six years ago, five years ago, fully or six. Anyways, it was just uh, learning about this concept from my cousin and 
our grandma or grandmother, she was really into it. She was really into like holistic healing and crystal work and huga and just all like these really beautiful natural things that I never really knew anything about. And so uh, we we bonded over that and we started having these huga parties and they would just be like these really sought out uh, places where like our family or friends would come together and we would just share a meal and make it together and have no phones and like candles and be really mm -hmm. mindful about the activities and the vibe that we were creating. Mm -hmm. And I just really liked it. And then slowly it started trickling into just all other areas. So if I hung out with my friends, hey, let's go for a huga walk, aka just a walk. But yeah. it's just nice when you're being intentional, like let's yeah. go outside and go for a wonderful walk together. And so the huga just started becoming more and more sprinkled. I started reading up a ton about it. I really knew that I, I, I connected so deeply with it. I love the whole balance because in my life, I always feel like I liked that I had that really intensity of growth of being like, I don't think I'm doing the right thing and constantly changing, but that constant changing really made me feel very frantic. And I also know that there's like an energy around me. I was like, I just need to learn how to become balanced. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's all about. And so Huga just started really coming in and affecting all areas of my life. It affected my finances because I started becoming um, minimalist and instead of finding value in the things that I owned, I found them in the values that I had and the qualities that I had and just enjoying the people and things that were already there and started affecting my relationships because I just become in the last six years more and more involved through spin, especially in that community that there is so many wonderful people out there. Mm -hmm. and very supportive, loving people. And so the huga started coming into my relationships because my dynamics started changing, who I was started completely changing. And when my started changing, a lot of people didn't like that. A lot of my world didn't accept me at all. And then it started becoming like, okay, I have to make some serious changes. So it started getting into the wellness because I, I started creating boundaries and little by little being like, I don't think that you treat me very nice. And it started with, you know, my friends. And then it started with like my close friends. And then it started with family members and then right up into my immediate family. And once I created space and it's really hard and you create the boundaries and you start listening and trusting that intuition and it's only you can start trusting once you start applying it and, you know, hitting some bumps, but kind of being like, okay, no, should have listened to myself. It just all started trickling in and I really know that I connect really well with people. I think one of my biggest assets is I do have a very boundless energy mm -hmm. and I believe that people have always felt really close, like letting me in very quickly. Like ever since I was young, I've connected with people from young. I connect with people that are in their eighties, nineties, like I can have great conversations. Mm -hmm. um, and so oh, really sinking into like the, the coaching in spin, the Huga lifestyle that started showing me all like these wonderful benefits and how I wanted my life to feel like. And if I wanted it to feel that way, what did I have to take out? Started taking out all those negative things and it started being replaced with the positive things. And it's really shown me like I have something to say, I have something to share. And it's just brought me into coaching off the bike out of the spin room with people. I started getting closer with that over the last two years. And now 
especially last year, just feeling like I really want to work in a deeper capacity. I want to be doing this. It's just all little effects just like brought me here where I wanted to be. That's amazing. And before we talk about your program and like how you coach people, what just so people don't know what hookah is. Can you talk about the like the core principles of it or because we I feel like we have a good feeling now, but some people will be like, wait, what? What is hookah? I know. And a lot of people ask if it's a hookah. I'm not smoking anything. It's a hookah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so it's hard to define in one word because it truly is just an essence of well-being. Mm-hmm. And what does well-being mean? So it's about quality time with yourself, quality time with your loved ones around you. It's a balanced work life. So that way it makes space for your friends. It really is cultivating a vibe in your life, a sanctuary of your home, a place that you feel good. And that means it's like cozy contentment. And that means in all areas of your life, Mm -hmm. in my relationships, I want to feel safe and I want to feel cozy. And what do those look like in my house? I want to feel the same way the way I eat. I need to be mindful, not sitting in front of a screen and wolfing things down. It's taking the time to sit and mm-hmm. enjoy. So it, it really is just cultivating a, a sense of well-being, of happiness and of safety in all areas. That's so I just feel like I just got a hug. <laughs> um, and like this all sounds amazing. And I, and yet some, a lot of people don't live that way. A lot of people, you know, including myself can be really susceptible to burnout to, mm-hmm. you know, overloading ourselves. And for me, and this is probably very similar to a lot of people, it's like, it's because we might be living a little bit more for the expectations of others. And when I'm hearing you talk about Huga, it's like, it is, and your story about making, like letting go of things and people, it's like, you have to re kind of prioritize yourself. And that obviously brings in the boundaries that you have to sort of implement to be like, no, I'm not going to do this thing because it's then going to steal away some time that I need for myself for cozy contentment and making sure my house is clean. For me, if you see my car like dirty, just know that I'm like going through it. Cause like I, I'm not in a good place mentally if I have like stuff in there. And and it's because I don't even have the time to, if I don't have time to clean my car, like, what does that say about my schedule and how wild is that? So how does somebody, yeah, let's talk about the boundaries and then we'll, t- we'll talk about your program. Cause that's just launched and it's super exciting. And, and I, I can't wait to talk about that because I've had such an inside look into it, but yeah. how does somebody start to create boundaries and as PS PSA for everybody linked in the show notes is a guide that Anna's created. So you can go fully into that. But for the people listening who are like, well, how the hell do I do this? Like, how do, how do I yeah. start creating a boundary with my mom or mother-in-law or friends who are always leaning on me or whatever? It's it all. I always say it's just like to even leave the word boundary off the table. I like boundary as like, like just like <laughs> the, the construct or the structure that it's in, but It really is just starting small and it's just implementing it by just saying little things. Let's say you are every time that you go home, um, people poke at you. You go to a family function, people you're you're just the one that everyone pokes at. They always have like little jokes that they say and make you feel bad. And Mm -hmm. if you say like, oh, stop. Oh, we're just joking. We're just joking. 
you just need to start implementing by saying, listen, if there's like something that let's say they always joke about the way you do your hair, listen, mm -hmm. my hair is off the table. When you talk about that, it makes me feel really bad. So please just don't, don't do that anymore. I'm mm -hmm. asking you really nicely, just please don't do this. It makes me feel bad. You mm -hmm. assess behavior that's happening, how it makes you feel. Mm -hmm. And please don't do this. And it's very little. It could just be like little subtle hints, mm -hmm. but you have to be consistent. So if it comes up again, okay, listen, like, I know that we talked about this. I really don't like when you do this behavior, it makes me feel this way. Mm -hmm. If you do it again, like I am going to leave the room or let's say it's on the phone or anything. I'm going to leave the conversation mm -hmm. and you have to have like these certain it's not like a threat either. Like you can't do it like openly. You have to just say the behavior, the action and what will happen if it continues on. Mm -hmm. And yes, it sounds easier said than done, but it really is a tool not to lose relationships, to strengthen relationships. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the best part is, is that for the most part, it should strengthen the relationship. Mm -hmm. But if it doesn't, then... It's creating space so you can distance as needed, put a little bit of space and create space for someone a little bit nicer to be in your life, right? Yeah. So it it, it it has to be just softly done, but it is doable. And it's very possible to start just speaking your truth mm -hmm. because very often we don't, we, we've never really talked this way, especially I always hear the most in family dynamics. We don't ever like, it's just been something that was always, always quote unquote that way. Mm -hmm. But, and then sometimes when we haven't even said it, we're expecting that the other person thinks, knows how we're feeling. Well, it's so obvious. And I've been like, sometimes I think that I felt that mm -hmm. like, oh, do you not know that that hurts me? Sometimes people just don't. And so it, it creates an opportunity of conversation and an opportunity to get closer. Yeah. The behavior, how it makes you feel and just, you know, start there. It's a nice starting point. Yeah. I like it because the way that that approach works really well. And like, I, I never used to be a great communicator in relationships and I've worked really hard. I'm still not perfect, but it's like, it's taking blame off of them in this, like in the way you're giving them a heads up and mm -hmm. And your guide, I love, I love that you talk about how it's like, doesn't have to be this dramatic thing where you're like, I, I, I need to talk to you about something or like in front of people or whatever. It's like, Hey, yeah. when you say this thing specifically about this thing, oh, like, or when you do this, whatever it is, I feel this way. So can we not do that? <laughs> and, it's, exactly. and it's like, it's not like you, you were mean, you were a bit, whatever. <laughs> it's like, it, it's talking about, and I know that that sounds obvious, but people can get really defensive quickly because often they didn't mean to. And so they want you to know that that's not what they meant. And then it comes into a, well, you versus them instead of where do you want, like, what is your end goal? Well, maybe that end goal is going to family function and feeling like relaxed and you can be yourself. Or if it's with your partner that you're not going to be um, shamed for something because they don't realize that it actually hurts your feelings when they make fun of you for forget being forgetful or whatever it is. It's like, exactly. Hey, I feel this way when you do that. And once they know that, then you're giving them the opportunity to improve how mm -hmm. they treat you. 
But if you never give them that opportunity and they're, then they can't be a mind reader and just know, and not everybody's going to be perfect and mm -hmm. be perfectly empathetic. And especially with generations that can be really, that can be a hard, hard thing. Definitely tricky. It gets trickier the closer you are with people. Mm -hmm. Um, it is possible to just start the conversation really, really slowly. Another one is I hear all the time is people get stuck at work and it's a very negative or there's someone at work that dumps on them all the time. Mm -hmm. And the subtle thing that you could do is say, I love that. I love that you feel close to, to have this conversation, but I'm going to change the, I'm going to change it. You have to tell me one good thing after every bad thing. Yeah. And it's very annoying to them, right? You know, yeah. but it's also just subtly saying, like, I don't just want to be the this this energy dump. Like, yeah, good thing now, you know, like yeah. oh, you know, it helps them know. Like, it's a very soft thing you could do. It is, and it's you can even like take it on yourself too, and be like, okay, I love that we can shit talk about whatever or like commiserate. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to be more positive th this year. So when we talk, I'd love for you to tell me something positive and I'm going to do the same. And you can like own it a bit instead of like putting it on them, especially exactly. if it's a, a work friend who you don't hang out with outside of work and you don't want to make it awkward because you have to see them every day. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I used to feel really like I people would come into my door to chat all the time. And I was, I, I would often be working on deadlines to get like a grant in or something. And I like, but I felt rude closing my door. So I developed this thing where I'd like put a note on the, on the door being like, Hannah needs to concentrate. Like, please don't enter unless it's emergency. Ha ha. Like whatever. Um, and I'd sort of take that on and be a little self-deprecating intentionally because it's like, I need to concentrate. Or if somebody would come into my door, I'd be like, love you. I can't chat right now. I have to do this one thing. Um, can we do this in like five minutes or whatever? And Next time, actually, can we like just schedule in some time? Cause I really want to hear what you have to say, but I feel like a little frazzled when I'm working on this one project, you know, it's like explaining right. the context around something is, is key. And again, this is assuming that these people have good intentions. There's going to be people who don't. Um, and I know that you cutting off, yeah, you cutting off, you're not cutting off, but like removing people from your life who weren't respecting your boundaries must've been really hard. And I've had to do that as well, but it's like the, uh, the option is to, to sort of endure this sometimes emotional abuse or mm -hmm. to change it as much as you can with the tools yeah. that you have. Exactly. And like, I had a really extreme case of it. And, and I would say in my case, it was just really toxic relationships my entire life. And as I started to implement the boundaries for the most part, they were not met with any, any like no wiggle room. So mm -hmm. eventually was just keep going strong, keep going strong and just mm -hmm. had to fully make the choice of when it was time to cut ties with most mm -hmm. people in my life. Yeah. 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 And that's really hard. And obviously what we're talking about today for everybody else is like, if you're in an abusive situation or if you're dealing with somebody who has an addiction, like these things are going to be really nuanced. And so we're going in with the expectation that this isn't like something that you're, you're not dealing with violence or something that's mm -hmm. going to make you unsafe. But, um, but those relationships that don't make you feel that great when you right. leave. you're like, I don't feel, I don't feel better. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. If I'm seeing a friend all the time and I'm always drained, or I feel like this is, um, with an obligation to go instead of, instead of like, I'm excited and I feel lit up and I feel like I have very cool. I have like a very, very small circle of good best friends. And then I have a lot of other friends and my best friends, we have very open communication about everything. I know that if they say something that hurts my feelings, I can say, Hey, like, can we not do that? And they'll be like, Oh my God, I didn't even realize. Thank you for telling me. And they'll like, thank me for doing Mm -hmm. that. And, but not all of my friendships have been this way. And so for people listening, who've had like long-term, like lifelong friends, I think those are the ones where when you change, they become, can become uncomfortable with that, like that new version of you. And it can become harder, but know that like my very best friend I met four years ago, like, and that it's not a long time to know somebody, but you can make new friends who do respect you, who do like want to see you win and, Absolutely. you know, celebrate everything you're doing at any point in your life. Um, with social media too, it's easier than ever. And so now you, you, you incorporated who into your life. You made a lot of changes that like really set you up for success and happiness. And we didn't even talk about your relationship, which is like the one everybody wants. <laughs> and you're like, and that happened like right around when I think this big shift was happening for you, yeah. but you now coach others and you started by hosting workshops. So talk about that side of your, your business and, and then the program. Yeah. So essentially my, I love, I love creating I guess I love like event planning for the most part. And I love thinking about what would be something fun for everyone to do. And the more that I didn't really see things that I wanted to do, I was like, well, maybe I could just do it. Maybe I could just create this. And the thing with my hookah workshops and or even getting to this point is that it's been a lot of start and stops, like a lot of quote unquote failures until it worked. But that's also what's really important is to keep on trying. If you have like a vision of something like it keep, it'll start to mold into each other. So I started doing Hugo workshops. Um, after like doing Hugo parties, I like planned a big Hugo wedding, which was really epic. Um, but then I also, um, just wanted a space that would have activities that would be really connecting with other people. Um, let explore Huga in different like ways. Um, just, so just doing the workshops, especially where I host them at Pine Ridge Hollow at the village is just the most beautiful setting ever. You want Huga, just go there. So it's it been a really nice relationship getting to know them, getting to know that space. And now even with my coaching program, as I started doing the workshops and people were finding all these takeaways and after I was getting all this feedback and you know, people reaching out like, wow, I started implementing these little things or my relationship because we talk about family dynamics and some of these workshops just on a very basic level of how to bring Huga into them. It started to become apparent that there is something there, that the principles of Huga really do serve as a foundation to my wellness. And if I want to coach beyond the bike, it just kind of started to present itself as this really does have like meaningful depth to it. There's a lot of, of things that could be used because in a lot, in, in essence, like 
Huga isn't about adding anything to your life. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not adding anything to your plate. And even my coaching program, it's not about, okay, well, in 10 weeks, you've got all these things that you have to do. It's really like taking a minute to zone in and start working from the inside out. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we have these goals that are external, but we're not connected with our inside with like the internal us. And so I feel like my coaching program really helps at the beginning to remind us of like, and get aligned with our purpose mm-hmm. to identify what truly is my goal versus what is the goal that other people have for me. We kind of spoke on that earlier. I think a lot of times we do things like even me going to school because it sounds good and people have like this really good intention for you, but it's not what your dream is. It's not what your goal is. And so what I really like about my approach with using the hookup principles, it's going into all areas of life and bringing it back down to the the foundation of it, mm-hmm. bringing it back down to the basics and resetting from there and not feeling like, Oh, where do I begin? It's like, no, 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 no. We're going to start right in the beginning, right at the very beginning. I so love I'm enjoying. And so tell, like, let's get into the program. Like, what is it? You said 10 weeks um, what, and hookah principles, but what is the, like the hope you have for the people inside your container and like, when did it start and how can people get on the wait list and all that sort of stuff? Yeah. So we just began our first official week this past week mm-hmm. and it's really great. So my, my wait list is open now for the next score, which will, I think we'll be getting in April. Mm-hmm. And my goal is at the end of 10 weeks is I feel there are so many of us that live with guilt, that live with, you know, just in this really stuck feeling. Mm -hmm. And my goal is to get people to a place where they can make really confident choices that bring joy to their life and ditch the guilt. Mm. And that they can take true like when true, like in real time principles, like working on. So for instance, this week we were working on our life's purpose and goal setting. Sounds pretty ma- major. You're like life's yeah. purpose, what the hell? But it's very simple way to present it that you can actually talk about our life's purpose and mm-hmm. do goal setting in a very simplified way. Mm-hmm. And so starting from there, working into then like habits and routines and Again, going in, it's often a reflection component and then, okay, what do I want to change and how can we apply those changes? It's working within our mindset, how do, how we can adjust them, tips, tricks, hacks. There's resources there. There's worksheets. Um, there's also going to be working on um, how to create your Huga home, which I very much love. I just think it's huge. Mm-hmm. I it all like just been spent the last two years doing that. Um, it's how to deepen your connection with yourself. There's a fitness component as well, because I truly believe that physical movement is one of the catalysts of change. And I think it's really important for people at any fitness level. So my do have fitness workouts on that, um, platform as well, like in my program that are specific to the program. Mm-hmm. Um, also a really beautiful, beautiful e-cookbook in there. I speak about nutrition, but nutrition as well as, um, of course, what we eat and what we drink and all those things. And mainly a nutrition of what we consume, as well as like what we listen to, 
what we consume by or like what we're reading and all these different other ways of consumption that you might not really think about that really actually do affect your day to day. So it goes in and I truly believe it's just going in and resetting everything. Like, let's go in, take a look at all like the major areas that I believe that we can start looking at and what can we take out and what can we maybe make space to add in? Like, what is it that we want to add in? So by the end of the 10 weeks, it's having connection with me as well through the process. So everyone has a really through Monday through Friday, they have access to me and we also have weekly chats. So we're able to go over that week. We're able to go through wins to have any questions, but then through the week they have my support. So I I'll have different things. Like they have to submit goals this week and some accountability because nothing changes if nothing changes. So it is nice for us, especially when we want that change it could happen yourself. And I, I truly believe in the value of coaching now, mm-hmm. you know, being your program in that it's like, Oh no, like it's nice to have that accountability being like, I, I want to do this. I want to, I have invested in myself. I want to make this change. And especially having a community component around it, it's just, it creates such a nice container of support because when you make those deep, meaningful work changes and all these things, it is nice to have people that you can say, Ooh, like, is anybody else having this? Like, you know, it just, it's nice to have that connection and, and, and not feel alone because sometimes in some ways, depending on the level of growth, it could feel a little lonely because you're deciding, like, I'm saying bye-bye to a version of myself. And I kind of got to get to know the new me and I don't really know what I like. (laughs) And it's a little scary. So I really love to have this space where everyone can be involved Mm-hmm. but they can also be working on their own and with me. So it's, it's just got a really nice feel about it right now. I love that. And what's the name of it? Cause I don't even think we've said the name. <laughs> it's called luminous, which I really love. It's the Huga lifestyle reset. Mm-hmm. So everything is based on those Huga principles and yeah, it's just, it's wonderful. I love it. I'm so happy. I'm so happy you did it. And so Anna just quickly mentioned, but she was working with me to create that program and it was so cool to see it come to life and really like articulate what it is that she was hoping for from like this transformational result. because like I saw somebody comment on a post being like, I just asked myself, what would Anna do? And every, <laughs> in every situation, and I, that's, those are the type of people you want to learn from, but it's also just if, if you're a coach, not teaching somebody how you live, but, but helping them design the life they want to live using mm-hmm. principles that you've used and, right. and supporting them in that transformation process. Because I guarantee if you had had a coach like yourself back in the day, it's like, we create these things that we wish we had when we were yeah. going through whatever it is, business or wellness or otherwise. Um, so I'm super excited. If anybody wants to get on the wait list, I feel like I'm going to join the wait list. <laughs> so I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, I need also need just to pay Anna to come and do my hookah home. Um, oh, that's my favorite thing when people ask me to come. Like, can you hookah my home or their patio? My favorite thing is like shopping in their home. It's like one of the best ways that you can hookah your home. A lot of people think they need to like they want to like restyle and like just take things from different areas of your home and rearrange them. Yeah. It's like amazing. My favorite I thing. do not have that skill. So as soon as you start offering that service, just let me know. And just so everybody else knows the, the her program is online. So you can be from wherever and, and join. Um, now I wanted to make sure we had time for some of these questions that came through on Instagram. Cause I said, I'm chatting with classes today. And 
a lot of the questions came from the same people, which was the cutest. A lot of them were like, oh my God, when she's doing her own podcast, I was like, okay, but for now it's just this one episode. (laughs) And so there was a, there, let's start with the easy one or a relatively easy one about, um, spin instructors. So obviously I have a lot of spin folks who follow me and who are listening to this episode and PS instructor magic's waitlist is open as well. Um, and new instructors, like, is there a tip that you can give a new instructor? Um, maybe something you wish you would have known when you were first starting out. Although I feel like you've always been an absolute rock star. So I don't know how <laughs> the thing is to when obviously, cause right now, obviously there's so, there's so much spin on IG and you can see what everyone else is doing and, uh, it's to remind yourself that you'll, why do you like the certain instructors that you like? Mm-hmm. Not what are they saying or what music are they playing? Or like not how they're saying it or what exactly the exact order their playlist is, but what is it about their vibe that you like? Mm. Is it that they, um, they're really energetic and they're kind of raw and the way they speak is raw. Well, maybe that's going to be a little bit of like the way that you, you coach, don't mm-hmm. try to replicate, but be inspired. Mm-hmm. I think that sometimes people try to replicate exactly what they see. And it's just, what about it? Like bringing it back down. Like, don't, uh, don't feel like you have to be exactly that because the thing that is going to make you successful is accessing the thing that is your magic, mm-hmm. whatever that little thing is. And you might not know it right away, but leave space for it and it does evolve I feel like there's always like a three month thing that happens yeah see my friends go through it right it's like you start to you learn the fundamentals you understand how to create the ride and that you can do it and then after three months it's like you got to start leaning into your specific thing so always listen to like if people say the same compliment to you start remembering what Mm -hmm. that compliment is for me it was always my energy you got crazy energy you got lots of energy you got lots of energy Mm-hmm. That's how my ride is. It's very energetic, you know? <laughs> and maybe some people love your stories. You're such so interesting. You're such a good storyteller. Maybe that's gonna be a little bit of like what makes your sauce spicy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, yeah. Paying attention to what people compliment you on is, is so key because we often don't see ourselves as other people see us. And I had no idea what type of instructor I was gonna be. I wanted to be exactly like you. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and I and there was others that I was like trying to emulate, I think. And once I basically immediately, once I had a microphone on, I was like, oh, I'm like funny. I'm like making jokes here. And I was like, this is not what I was expecting to be. And then, or like motivation. I'm like, I don't even know where this is coming from. It's just coming out. And I'm going to, people are enjoying that. So I'm going to lean into that and make space mm-hmm. for it instead of trying to be somebody that I wasn't. And at the time it was, and you can evolve too. Like you can, I'm not be the choreo queen and then love choreo. You, whatever inspires you is going to inspire others. Um, okay. So amazing. Um, I feel like there's so there's some, and now let's go for a serious one. Um, so (laughs) tips and tricks for saying no, not feeling about guilty about it. I feel like we kind of covered that, but like, is there any specifically with saying no to something and not feeling guilty? Is there something that you found has worked really well for you? You have to know why you're saying no. Mm. You have to know why you are. So if let's say something that's like very easy, that's that just is coming to me is let's say you, oh, let's say you have a financial goal 
So you have a financial goal. One of mine that I was just uh, speaking with my court was that when I had just finished school, I was $26,000 in debt. And I was like, this is insane. <laughs> like, no. And yeah. so I was like, in 18 months, I am paying this off. Before this birthday, I am paying this off. Mm-hmm. And I had a specific timeline and I knew what exactly what I needed. So every time that people wanted me to go to dinners or go to all these things, I didn't go because I knew why I was saying no to that. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of like, even on any smaller level, let's say, let's say you're really trying to implement um, healthier habits. You know what? I want to start waking up earlier. I want to get my like outdoor fresh air. I want to feel really present day to day. That might mean saying no to bachelor night with wine on a Monday, because you know, that Tuesday is going to be foggy and Mm-hmm. You know, you're really trying to implement these habits at the beginning when you're trying to make changes, it's really important to say no. Otherwise, you're just going to stay st- stuck. So I always just when I say no, I'm setting up future Anna for success, whether mm-hmm. that's tomorrow, next month, the next year. What am I saying no to now is why am I saying no to it? You I know? love that. That's so good. And it's true. Like you, if you were really connected to your why and to the reason and the rationale a, you can tell somebody why. And so it's not just a, no, I don't feel like doing that. Or no, I can't do that for you or whatever. It's like, it's like, I need to do this other thing. And I don't have time to do both. For me, it's a lot of like time constraints. And that is sometimes it's the mean saying no to like things I, I know I'm going to have FOMO about and see other people doing and I'm like, Ooh. but this is more important, even though it's really good. It's going to be hard to see those things on social media. And like, what did I miss? Um, and then I'll say yes to something and, and wish I had said no. And I'm like, remind, remember this moment, remember exactly. this. Like those types of moments too, where you're like, remember, I didn't want to do this thing. You can even start with sometimes if let's say it's like social functions that you're trying to limit, you could be not say yes, not say no, be like, you know what? I have kind of a crazy week, but if I can, I will let you know, come to this yeah. thing. And it kind of, it's like a, an easy way to get into being able to say no is to say, yeah. you know, like I, I, I might be available, you know, it's yeah. just to keep yourself open and manage expectations. Like that's the biggest thing. It's like back to communication and boundary setting. It's like unmet expectations are often the killer of relationships, whether they're romantic or otherwise. And if you're, mm-hmm. if you're managing what you can give, um, to somebody, whether showing up or doing something, it's like, they just, then they, you're not setting yourself up for failure and you're not setting them up for disappointment either. Um, I love that. Okay. Importance of strength training for women. And there was a, there was a, a like qualifier, especially around like menopause and stuff like that. And I'm not sure if you even know those, those reasons, but I just strength training for women, the importance of it. Well, strength training, oh, starting with women specifically, I mean, it's across the board, but I would say that the social, I want to say lie, lie feels like a strong word, but the social way that people look at working out is that women just want to lose weight mm-hmm. and you have to lose weight by doing cardio. And mm-hmm. it, it's not that mm-hmm. it's 
actually a mixture of things. So why you should, and again, it comes down to like the why. So the strength training, especially as you're getting older, your bones start to decay quicker and strength training helps preserve what you have. Mm. Our muscle mass deteriorate really quickly or especially around 50. So if you haven't had, I mean, and you can reverse it, even if you're 60, 70, you can start lifting weights and strengthening your body as I've seen people do it. But the reason it's so important is especially if let's say you do want to change how your body composition looks, or you want to feel strong, it's probably going to come from a little bit more of the strength training. Mm -hmm. I say probably I'm being nice. Yeah, you you have to change an element. You have to do something a little bit differently. It's just part of the maintenance of the body, Mm -hmm. putting pressure, putting your muscles and bones under tension, strengthen them. Um, and it just helps everything else. It's yeah. just really, really good for you. It's a longevity thing. Think of it that way. If it's really hard to get into, I always just think, so my reason for, um, training is a longevity. I really, if I, I just think it's such a disservice that, you know, you see all these elderly people that didn't know about, you know, weight training and all these things. And it wasn't really prevalent until like the eighties, nineties working out. Mm-hmm. And you really want to live a long active life. And if you strength train, that will happen. And it helps change up your body composition quite a bit if you're looking to change. Yeah, I love that. And it's like also your, it's like how you look, how you feel, but also like your day-to-day things, like picking something up that's heavy. Like I can muscle up a piece of furniture by myself and I don't, I should definitely do more strength training than I do, like hands up. But I- I've had a, a long life of doing strength training. And so I'm like, I'm very lucky in that sports was always a thing. I did competitive volleyball. I did fitness competitions. And so I have this like good foundation comes back quickly, but I feel like, I feel confident in being able to oh, yeah. be like, you know, to like do- I can, I can carry this. If I need yeah. this, like I love helping my father-in-law carry heavy pieces of furniture. And when we've been <laughs> renewing our house, he's like, what? You could pick that up. Like, yes, I could pick that up. <laughs> Put things, have you things up and put them down? Yeah, that's so funny. Um, amazing. Okay. Um, what other questions do I have? Well, this one's a little heavier, but and you've shared some of your story for sure on social media. But have you ever dealt with depression slash anxiety? And what were some ways that you've dealt with it and coped? I think you've shared, you know, on this episode a, a good amount of those ways. But is there anything other, anything else? And so I, I definitely have, uh, I didn't realize it was as deep as it was really up until the last six, seven months of being out of it or getting out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was quite heavy. Uh, I, I went through a lot of change in the last six years and change to the degree that I did it. Even if it was in a positive place, it would have still had a ripple effect, but it was quite yeah. negative. I just, mine, it was just happened to be negative. And I was extremely um, upset. I was I had a lot of anxieties, a lot of, um, yeah, I was like not a super deep depression, but very disconnected out of my life. Um, just in not a good place. Uh, a lot of heaviness, a lot of sadness, a lot of grief of letting go of uh, family was one of the biggest ones for me, especially getting married this year and nobody being there. It was like, woo, you know, mm. all these things. So um, again, why I have my fitness as part of 
my program is it's uh, physical movement. It's it to me, it's really you can't beat it. Mm-hmm. And that physical movement is anything from again walking outside to a spin class to a boxing class to anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving my body, it created a space where I can let go of some of that energy. Mm-hmm. Um, because it has to go someplace. And sometimes I even find it if you're feeling a little anxious when you do a workout, how often people say, Oh my God, I feel so much better. Mm-hmm. When you release that energy, you start to tie a story to it. And I noticed that you're like, why am I feeling this way? You start to think, Oh, I must be feeling this way because of this. And sometimes it's as simple as like, no, we just got to blush it so that way it's not as heavy and then you can deal with it. So I, uh, in order to deal with my anxieties and my depression that I was feeling, physical movement, um, just in that growth mindset, I sought, sought help. I went to therapy. I was really careful about, so during that time, I really, really took out drinking or anything like that. Um, because there was not a good place for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, in, in my life, I'm a very carefree person. I, 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 I don't really get upset, which is crazy. I don't get angry. I'm upset when people treat me bad, but when I would sometimes be drinking, it's like the beast comes out or like this meat comes out and you're like, I don't even know. I'm not even feeling that, but you know, you are. So I really did things and I got myself into healthy habits, going to bed early, um, making sure I was eating nutritious food because it feeds every part of your body. Mm -hmm. And I just thought I want to optimally live because I know that my brain is like my emotional center is out of whack. So I slowly started balancing my life out, balancing on my work, making sure I wasn't overdoing it, eating good, dropping out habits that maybe would push me or weren't going to put me in a good place, just incredibly mindful and surrounding myself with people that made me feel good. Was, yeah. Yeah. That's gratitude, a- meditation, all of those things. Like it just, it, I just kept doing that. It sounds like a completely holistic. Yeah approach, which I think it needs to be. And, you know, we're about to go into bell. Let's talk day next week. And there's one thing I can share ahead of that. It's like, it's not going to be one thing. It's not. And it's, it's going to be these like compounds of winning where you do one thing that feels good. And then it gives you inspiration and energy to do the next thing that feels good. And like, I can't echo what you said enough. I feel like in this meeting, I'm going to echo what Anna said, but like the, <laughs> The physical movement literally gives you dopamine. It gives you serotonin, gives you endorphins, all of these happy emotions because your body wants that. And so when you're doing that thing, um, and sometimes people, you know, when they're experiencing depression, that isn't even something they can do. And it's like, there's a, there's a really good book, um, called how to keep house when you, when you're drowning that people should read. And there's a few others. It's like, even if it's just going outside for five minutes and sitting outside, and then maybe it's going for a walk and then maybe it's like, start slow. yeah, like shoveling a little bit. It's just starting there. But if you can do a workout, if you can get your ass to the gym and come to wheelhouse or wherever else, or even tune on, like a stream of workout for five minutes. And I was like 10 minute abs, five minute abs. I did them and they burned. Something like that, even just starting that, um, will be fuel for the rest of the other things that you're talking about and feeding yourself for me, even just, I was feeling really down yesterday. Like at the end of the day, I think I was just over 
I can get overstimulated. And I was feeling overstimulated, not overwhelmed, but I was like, this is a lot. And I was like, I need a good podcast. I need to feed myself with like positivity right now. And I went to like a comedy podcast that made me laugh. And I was like, okay, now I'm good. So starting to understand what grounds you and, and what you said at the end was like surrounding yourself with people who support that. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share before we fully wrap up? This has been such a wonderful hour of discussion and I'm sure we could talk for hours more. Let's keep going. Yeah. Um, I pretty much just want to say that I, through the, I would say the last year, especially as I started being a little bit more open and sharing, and especially in the last four months, as I opened up this, my story and that like the way that you feel is you're not alone feeling that way. If it's, if, if even, even if you're just feeling like, I don't know if I love my life, but I kind of want to love it. And you might have a great life. Like it's a, you could, you could make that change. And like programs like mine, it's like meant to just find that stimulation. Like it could be anything from, I think I want to change to, I need to make, I think I need to make some bigger changes. It's like, it's okay to want more. Mm -hmm. Even if you should think that you're content in your life, you can, you can build the life that you want. And I think that your dreams should be big. And I think that you should go after them. If you feel this little tickle, this little voice that keeps going, Hey, Hey, maybe this year is the year to listen to it and just start exploring. That's all I can really say. It's so good. It's so right. I would like go run out and do something now. I'm so inspired. <laughs> um, okay. Well, thank you again, Anna, for being on this episode. I can't wait to have everybody listen to it. Bye everyone. Thanks for listening all the way to the end of the Yes You Can podcast. If you loved this one, I would so appreciate a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That lets others know that, hey, this is a good podcast and it's worthwhile to listen to. If you really loved it, make sure to share with somebody you love who could benefit from all the magic and motivation in their lives. Thanks so much, friends, and have a great day.